Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into a live Flippin' Bats that was presented by Taco Bell. What a night here in Atlanta. The Astros win big. Today, set up to be, it was the perfect setup for game. You could feel it from the second all woke up in the battery. The place was absolutely wild, but it didn't come to fruition. We're going back to Houston. Flippin' Bats is going back to Houston. We all are. But a great game tonight, and it started quick. It started with a big decision again by Brian Snitker. So let's get into a game recap and start with Tucker Davidson, who started on the mound for the Atlanta Braves, a guy that hasn't pitched in the major leagues since June. He hasn't pitched in the major leagues since June. We saw it last night with a guy that never had a big league start, and we saw it again tonight with a guy that had never started, hadn't pitched since June. But he did his job. Tonight, it worked in the first inning. Tucker Davidson comes out in the first, mows him down. I talked about how big this first inning was for the Astros. Every game this series, the first inning, one way or another, seems to be a huge factor. So Tucker Davidson comes out, shuts the door. But then Adam Duvall, bottom of the first. Bases get loaded. A bomb to right field. A grand slam. I was sitting in the crowd for this one. I was sitting in the stands. I don't know if I can correctly describe to you the feeling, but the stadium was shaking. There were 40-plus thousand people in here, and the stadium was shaking. It is one of the loudest atmospheres that I have ever been a part of. For nothing, the place is going wild. Everybody thinks, could this be it? Could the World Series be ours? There haven't been a lot of runs scored in this series. But four in the first, that's a good start. But then it was the Astros' turn. Alex Bregman, who hasn't had a great series to this point, who has been struggling, comes up, rocket double in the right center gap. He moved down in the lineup. He had, he had been hitting in the top of this lineup. He moves down in the lineup. He's hitting in the seven spot, kind of a confidence thing. Hey, look, we're going to move you down. We don't need you to produce. Just do your thing. And he did his thing. So he gets this Astros team on the board. Then Carlos Correa comes up. Carlos Correa, one of the most clutch hitters in all of this game, gets a line drive into the left center gap, scores another run. This Astros team took quite the punch in the face to start this game. A big one. 4-0 deficit to start. They fight right back into it. They cut the lead in half. The lead immediately gets cut in half thanks to Carlos Correa and his liner into the left center gap. And then Martin Maldonado comes up. Martin Maldonado hitting low in the lineup, might I add. He was hitting behind Zach Greinke last night. 
He was hitting in the nine hole behind Zach Greinke. He's not in his. He's not in this lineup for his offensive production. So he comes up in the first inning in a huge situation. Runners on second and third. All you need is to do something. Put it in play. He gets down to two strikes, and the, and, and the thought is, oh, is he going to strike out? He hits a laser to center field. And honestly, it was close to getting out, but he does his job. Martin Maldonado got the job done, scored another run. By the way, happy Halloween to everyone. Look at these beautiful Halloween transitions we have here. My director, Rick, absolutely killing it tonight on Halloween. Martin Maldonado, great at bat there. Yuli Gurriel comes up. Another good game. The the league leader, the AL league leader in batting average this year comes up, doesn't hit a laser somewhere, but he does his job. All you needed to do was put it in play. He puts it in play, ties the game. The Astros were once down 4 nothing. He makes it 4-4. Four four. Brand new ball game already in the third inning. Brand new ball game. And then it looked like, oh boy, this is, they, they already fought back into it. It only took two innings. To get, to get out of that 4-0 deficit, and then they tie it? Could they could they blow this open? Well, hold on. Freddie Freeman comes up and hit one of the furthest balls in person I think I've ever seen. This ball, off the bat, was crushed. 460 feet, the second longest home run in the history of Truist Park. 460 feet. This place was rocking and rolling again. 5-4 ball game. But then Maldonado comes back up. The, off, the, the offense for the Astros come back up. They keep the damage minimal. Maldonado, a theme tonight. Martin Maldonado comes up with the bases loaded. Not typically the guy you want up with the bases loaded. He has a great at bat. He ends up walking, which counts as an RBI, brings in a run. It ties the game. Just another great at bat for Maldonado. When in the first the, the first at bat, all you needed to do is put the ball in play. He has a great at bat and he hits it to the warning track and center drives in a run. Then he comes up with the bases loaded and works a fantastic at bat. Ends up walking, run scores, tie ball game. Then who else? Marwin Gonzalez. The 2017, one of the 2017 heroes for the Houston Astros. An oppo bomb off of Kenley Jansen at Dodger Stadium. He comes back up and gets a two RBI knock, his first hit in the postseason for the Astros. Marwin Gonzalez, which with a huge knock, makes it seven to five, really took the air out of this place. Took, took the juice out of this place. Then Maldonado comes up, hits a laser to left. Martin Maldonado again drives in a run with two outs, two out RBIs, pay the bills. That's as easy as it gets. When I was playing, that's the talk. That's all you need to do. With two outs, if you can drive a run in, you're, you're going to be doing just fine. Maldonado with a big knock there to make it 8-5 to five there in the seventh inning. What a, what a huge game for Maldonado. We'll, we'll get more into him in a little bit, but a big knock there with two outs to bring in a run. Then Carlos Correa, again, the man tonight who I talked to post-game, who we're going to get to in a little while, with another knock. A lot of these Astros had been struggling. A lot of these Astros hadn't been doing great at the plate. Correa, one of them. But tonight, got out of it. Got out of the funk in a big way. A couple of knocks, a big RBI here. This whole Astros offense seemed to snap out of a little funk. 
Is that going to be a theme moving forward as this series heads back? I don't know, but tonight the offense was great. Carlos Correa was great, and let's toss it to the Carlos Correa interview right now. Carlos Correa, great night at the plate. Different approach tonight. How did you lock in for this game? Yes, you just got to try out new things. Uh, some things don't work out, so you got to keep working and figure out ways until you feel comfortable at the plate. Today I feel better, um, so hopefully I can ride that for two more games. I was wondering this. Today was the first day you guys were able to take batting practice on the field in Atlanta. You don't play here often. Was that a factor in this? Did that help? I think so. I think so. Um, to, to just get, be able to get on the field, take ground balls, hit BP, um, definitely helps. Uh, we were a little sluggish the first two games. We were in the clubhouse just laying there waiting for game time. Um, that didn't help at all. And today we, we came out strong. So we just got to go out there in Houston and, and get two more. Talk about that play up the middle. That was sick. You got you always got that in the bag. What was that? That was sick. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, I work on that a lot. Uh, you know it. Um, I, I put in a lot of pride on the defense, and I work with a spot every single day to try to improve my my defensive game. And uh, that, that was a good one, especially to start the inning. Congratulations. Go win it in Houston. Let's go. You know, my favorite part of that. Obviously, we saw what he did on the field offensively. We know he's one of the best players offensively in the league. But that play he made up the middle tonight, that sick play, the spin, the throw with the cannon to first, I was so glad to be able to ask him about that. This guy's about to make $300 million, and it's not just for what he does at the plate. It's what he does in the field. And to be able to ask him about that and, and say, yeah, I, I actually work on that all the time. I work on that play all the time. That's such a cool play, and to hear him say, how often he works on that was really awesome. So fun catching up with Carlos Correa. My player of the game tonight, though, Martin Maldonado. Three RBIs, more than he had had all postseason leading up to this point. Look, Maldonado had at bat after at bat tonight, and they were all great. The big at bat that I talked about in the first when the Astros needed to slowly start climbing into the game, they had a run. But they needed another. And you say, okay, we need this run. We need to score that run to have a chance. And he does what he needed to do. Great at bat there. He comes up again later in the game. Bases loaded. Again, not the guy you typically would have wanted at the plate. But this guy was locked in tonight. Maldonado, who's known for his defense, comes up, takes a bunch of good pitches, has a great at bat, walks, runs, scores. And then later in the game with the huge two-out knock, that's kind of the one, honestly, this Maldonado last RBI that he had tonight, his third of the night, was the one that kind of made this game feel out of reach. That's the one that made this, this stadium realize, oh boy, we're, we're in trouble. Martin Maldonado, the player of the game. What a game. Congratulations to him. And as you all know, I love making this show interactive. So we get a bunch of fan questions, and let's start with one right here. Was Maldonado the key factor tonight? You know, for me, the key factor was this offense waking up. And Maldonado was certainly part of that. He woke up in, in, a, in a big way. He had two RBIs all postseason leading up to this point and had three tonight. With their backs against the wall, down 4 nothing. he comes up and has a huge game. But, yeah, he's my player of the night, I think, of all of them. He, he, was, he was the biggest key. But in general, I would say this offense waking up, this offense coming alive. They came alive tonight, and they won in a big way. You know, this goes back from, from before the game started. 
And, and thank you for that question, by the way. It, I got to thinking about this before the game. You know, for those of you that obviously can't see or aren't following the teams on social media when they say uh, no batting practice today, these teams haven't been able to take batting practice on the field before the game a single time in Atlanta. Why? Well, it's been rainy. It's been nasty. The tarp has been the field. Today that changed. Today they were allowed to take BP on the field. And this mattered more for this Astros team. When you can't take BP on a field that you're not comfortable with, the Astros hardly ever play here. This park is new. Most of these guys never play here. So to be able to take BP, the biggest adjustment, obviously they get warm in a cage underneath it. It's not getting warm for the game. What it is, is getting comfortable with the batter's eye out in center field. That's the, that's the biggest difference here. The biggest key for me when I was going to a new stadium wasn't, okay, let me go take batting practice so I can get loose. It's, how do I get used to this batter's eye? And this batter's eye here is, is strange. You got trees, and they're not very symmetrical. They're all over the place. There's a waterfall. There's a lot going on out there. And it really does matter to be able to, to see some pitches and understand where pitches are going to be coming out of. It's actually a big factor. So for the Astros to not be able to do that a single time this series, obviously the weather hasn't been great. It's been cold. Both factors in these games have, that have been low scoring. But no BP is huge, especially for the Astros. Today I thought that was a big deal. It was actually really cool to see Alex Bregman down here on the field as well. Taking early work before batting practice was even taking early work. And he had the iPad set up. You, got, you have the iPad set up like just outside the cage. And then you can walk around. You can walk out and, and slow your swing down and analyze it as, as much as possible. And he was doing that. It's no secret. Alex Bregman wasn't the hottest hitter at the plate. So what did he do? He worked at his craft. He had early work. He hit BP. He comes out. He breaks down his swing. Big day for the Astros, and I think a big part of that was finally being able to take BP out on this field. Let's, let's entertain a question here. This one comes from Frank. Was getting batting practice in all this Astros, was getting batting practice in all this Astros offense needed? Well, you know, I, I think they needed a little more than that. Look, what they had done to this point in the series wasn't great. The at-bats they were having wasn't great. But I really do. I, I said this yesterday. I think not taking BP on the field in a ballpark that you're not familiar with is really, really tough. That, that never happens. Now you have to do it in a World Series in a ballpark you're not familiar with? I really think that was a big key factor today. We saw it early with this Astros offense. Look, they were clearly, from the word go, I guess the words play ball, now that you know we're on a baseball field, it was very evident early that hitting batting practice helped them. Being out on the field pregame, picking up the ball out of the batter's eye, that really did help them in this game, I thought. I, I, I can't say enough as a guy with my own personal experience playing. It, I, to, to be honest, I really do think it was a key factor in this game, like you asked. Great, great question. So thank you for that. But on the other side of things, we've talked a lot about how Brian Snitker has managed this team, and... It's difficult to do that when you lose your best pitcher in the postseason, when you lose Charlie Morton. This was Charlie Morton's day. This one right here. 
Charlie Morton wasn't able to go. He's done for the year. He broke his leg. So now you have to have back-to-back -back bullpen games. And what do you do? You start Dylan Lee last night and Tucker Davidson today. Like I said off the top, Tucker Davidson had a good first inning. That's all you want from him. That's all you can expect from him is a good first inning. He hasn't pitched since June. You have a good bullpen. But you send him back out for that second inning. He gets roughed up a little bit. They score two runs that inning. The second coming on that Maldonado hit to center. They score two runs. So then it becomes, okay, he gave us two innings, two runs, we're fine. Then his spot comes up in the lineup that following inning, and they send him up there to hit. So I'm like, what, what, what is their, what, what's Snickers' plan here? You send Tucker Davidson up to hit? Not that it matters, but he was 0 for 7 with 7 Ks, and then he struck out, so he's 0 for 8 with 8 Ks. But if you send him back up, you're expecting him to go a little deeper into this game. You're expecting more out of him. And, and I'm not just talking an inning. You're expecting a little bit, or else you pinch hit there. But they didn't. And then he comes back out. Two guys get on base. He comes out of the game. Look, Tucker Davidson did his job tonight. In my opinion, the leash was a little too long. You could see it in that second inning. He ends up getting out of it. Hats off to him. But then you let him go hit and send him back out there when he already wasn't looking great. I thought he did his job. I thought the leash was too long. Let's take some questions about this. This one comes from Ryan. Should the Braves have pitched Max Freed tonight on short rest? So here's the advantage the Braves had. They were up 3-1 to one in the series. Max Freed, to be honest, let's, let's take this into consideration first and foremost. We don't know if he was available tonight. We don't know if he could have pitched. He's a young guy, he's a stud, and he's going to be for a long time. We don't know how he does on short, on short rest. He may not have been ready. But the other factor in this is that the series was 3-1. to one. You have the advantage there. So do you want to bring a guy back on short rest who traditionally doesn't, that doesn't work out? Or do you want to have him on full rest when you're up 3-2 to two in the series and going to Houston? I think that's why we didn't see him pitch tonight. I don't think it was ever an option. Now, if they're down 3-1, to one, absolutely. If he's ready to go, all hands on deck. I bet you he's out there. But for those two factors, being 3-1 to one especially, I think he shouldn't have pitched tonight. Good question, though. Let's get to another one. This one comes from Sarah. Could the Morton injury be the downfall of the Braves after all? Look, the Braves are in the driver's seat here. Let's not forget that. It, it, it would have been an epic scene here tonight, even right now had the Braves won this game, but they're still in the driver's seat. It's still 3-2. to two. So... Obviously, this Morton injury is a big factor, and, and immediately when it happened, I said, they're going to be up against it now. Now they're going to have to have two bullpen games. Two bullpen games. But they won the first one, and now they lose the second one. But now, now that's irrelevant. Now you have some guys that, that you can rely on. Now you have Max Freed for six. And if you need it, then you have Ian Anderson, who threw five no-hit innings. Now you have two studs ready to go, so you can't, be, you can't blame this on Charlie Morton. Obviously, can't blame it on him, but you can't blame it on that injury if something ends up happening. Good question. Thank you for getting those questions in. This Astros team tonight showed me something. They really did. When they were down and out, when their backs were against the wall, it's an elimination game here at Truist Park right behind me. And then what? 
you have a guy starting. You have Framber Valdez starting, who in the ALCS against the Red Sox, he dominated on the road. You think, all right, we got our guy. This is going to be great. They're throwing Tucker Davidson. This can be our game. But then the first inning comes around. Adam Duvall hits that grand slam, and this place is rocking like no place I have ever heard. You know what it actually reminded me of? It reminded me of David Ortiz hitting that home run against the Tigers and Torrey Hunter going over the fence. That place was loud. This rivaled that. But the Astros took a big punch to the gut, and they came back. They cut it in half. They get it to 4-2. They get it to 4-4. They take another punch. Then they take the lead. This was a heavyweight fight tonight. It was awesome to see. This was the game we've all been wanting to see. The offense breaks open. One punch leads to another, leads to another. It was awesome. But this Astros team found a way to come back from that early deficit, which isn't easy to do, especially in a situation like this, which is one of the best atmospheres in baseball with your backs against the wall, with just 20-plus more outs, your season is over, and we're already down four runs five minutes into the game. They showed me something tonight. They came back from an early deficit and ended up winning this game, and now we head back to Houston. Let's take some fan questions about this. Comes from Jimbo. Did you think the Astros were done after the Grand Slam? To be honest with you, yes, I did. And, and it, felt like in this, it felt like everybody in this place did. But then they did start fighting back, and it didn't take long for this crowd. You could start feeling that nervous energy. Honestly, it got to 4-2 to two with a couple runners on base, and, and the crowd was already taken out of it. Not because they were losing at that time, but because the, the energy, the tension was back. You're up 4 nothing. You're on top of the world. It's 4-2 to two with runners on base. Oh, boy. Could this, could this be it again? No way we go through all this again. No way 28-3 happens again, right? Right? Well, we'll see. But good question. Let's get to another one. This comes from Mark. Was this the Astros' most clutch performance of the postseason? Yes. Yes, it was. When, when they needed it the most, and obviously their backs were against the wall, they needed to come out strong. And then you, I, I can't speak highly enough about what they did once they got punched in the face. In a game like this, often it seems like, especially in front of your home crowd, if you can score first – you can win this ball game. They score first, 4 nothing, a grand slam. This place was rocking. Man, to be able to come back from that, that was clutch. That spoke volumes to this Astros team and what they're able to do. A big reason the Astros were able to come back tonight was, was because of all those runs that were out on base and they knock them in. It was a big key factor. I sat here last night and talked about how they were awful with runners in scoring position. 0 for 11. Tons of guys left on base. Not tonight. It was the opposite. 5 for 15 with runners in scoring position. That was the story of this night. When they had guys out there, they got them in. Even with two outs. That's tough to do. That's why they won this game. They went out. They see, they see a, a, a wrong that they had in last night's game. Okay, we did nothing with runners in scoring position. We have to be better. Tonight, they were better. They cashed in 
seemingly all those runs. It seemed like everybody that got out on base scored. Five for 15 with runners in scoring position, a batting average of 333. Pretty good math there by me. Um, but, but that was one of the that was honestly the key factor. We talked about a key factor earlier, which was this Astros offense waking up. And by them waking up, they were able to drive in a bunch of runs, you know, late in the game with two outs, with them in scoring position. That was a huge key factor. Five for 15. Correa, Maldonado, those guys just got it done. Hats off to them tonight for making that adjustment, getting it done. I, I, I can't talk enough about the deficit. It's not easy to come out of a deficit like that. It's not easy. You have to do things like this. Sometimes in a game, it, it comes easy to you. You can hit balls out of the yard. You can get a big lead. But when you get down, you're going to have to come up with clutch knocks. You're going to have to have Carlos Correa come up in a clutch situation and drive in a run. You're going to have to get production from somebody that you don't expect, like Martin Maldonado. Nobody expected it from him tonight. But he ends up cashing them in 5 for 15 again. Let's get to a fan question. Is this Astros offense back? It certainly feels like it. It certainly feels like they're back. You know, obviously it's easy to say in this moment, but look, now the series shifts home. Now the series shifts to somewhere where they're used to the batter's eye. They've taken BP there a few times. And now they've also woken up. So I talk a lot on, on this show about, you know, the other side of baseball, the mental side. Baseball is such a mental game. You get a couple hits in a night, that next day you're ready to get to the park. You're ready to hit. We, we saw a few guys jump out of it tonight, like Alex Bregman, like Correa, that had been struggling. You know what? It sure seems like they're back, and it sure seems like they're ready to take off. But their backs are against the wall still. They're down 3-2, but they are heading home. So thank you for that question. Let's. You know what? One of the guys that I'm just talking about that I think broke out of a little funk tonight, Alex Bregman. I caught up with him after the game. A good friend of mine. Let's toss it to him. Alex Bregman, great game tonight. Big knock early in the game. I was down here on the field for BP. Took some early work. You were on the field a lot. I saw you analyzing some film. Did you make an adjustment at the plate or just a good game because you're a stud? Need to, need to, make, need to make some uh, – <laughs> need to constantly make adjustments. But um, I've had a kind of a weak, sloppy top hand um, and tried to keep both hands on the bat, hoping that would uh, – that was the first time I've ever done that in my career. I, I tried to keep them on there. It ended up coming <laughs> off a few times. But, um, yeah, I was just trying to, uh, trying to keep both hands on the bat to kind of like – grip the bat a little bit better I've been having trouble doing that did it make a difference at all being able to hit on the field for BP today I know this you, you guys don't play here often definitely felt good it definitely felt good yeah just see the see the scenery and see everything going on but um I mean regardless of if you hit on the field or not you we we uh we put we didn't put together good enough at bats the first time and and today we did and we we got it rolling Last question. You made a sick play right here. How often do you work on that barehanded play? That was nasty. Um, often. I was telling Yuli, I caught that with like one finger. I, I don't. I was. I was gonna eat it because I didn't get a clean enough grip on it. But <laughs> shit, I, I just threw it. Threw <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, buddy. Good luck in Houston. Thanks, man. I'll see you there. All right, buddy. First, 
Let's stop down for a second here. I was able, on the field, after a World Series game, to talk to Carlos Correa and Alex Bregman. Are you kidding me? That's so cool. Alex Bregman right there said a couple things that I love. I love talking hitting. I could get into the weeds about hitting for hours. And to hear him talk about the adjustments he made at the plate was really cool. These aren't little adjustments he's making. He did this before the game. He said, look, I've never swung and finished with two hands on the bat. I, I decided to do that tonight. I made an effort to do that. And then to talk about that play he made right here and say he didn't even have a grip on the ball, he almost didn't throw it. And then he threw it like this. <laughs> that was awesome. So thanks to Alex Bregman for joining me. A really cool part of this game, I thought. Zach Greinke. He pinch hit. Zach Greinke started last night for the Astros. He got a knock. But then today, he comes up to pinch hit. <laughs> Not a, They weren't out of guys on the bench. He's just a great hitter. He's one of the best hitting pitchers of all time. So Zach Greinke comes up. And he hits an absolute rocket to right field. One of the hardest hit balls of the night, according to StatCast. At the time, it was a harder hit ball than Freddie Freeman's 460-foot bomb. But he gets a hit, becoming the first pitcher to pinch hit in the World Series and get a hit since 1926. I don't know if you all remember that, but my memory is a little fuzzy on that one. Pretty cool, and he did not put on the puffy jacket tonight. He ran the bases like an athlete, but it was honestly really cool to see that. You don't ever see that. So, you know, we're going back to an AL park. We very well could have seen the last of pitchers hitting in Major League Baseball. That could have been the last time we saw it. Obviously, Shohei Otani is an anomaly. He doesn't count. He does both. But this, we might never see it again. And that's pretty cool. And for it to be Zach Granke, one of the best hitting pitchers of all time, on the biggest stage in the World Series Game 5, and he comes up and gets another hit, that was pretty cool. I love seeing that. I'm a sucker for that sort of stuff. Pitchers are athletes. You know, in pro ball, there's a conversation between the pitchers and the hitters, and all the hitters just make fun of the pitchers and just say, oh, you non-athletes, what are y'all doing? Well, Zach Granke's an athlete. So let's get to some fan questions here as we get close to wrapping up this Halloween show. This one's from Pamela. What happened to your prediction that Atlanta would win at home? Mm, called out. Where do you think things went wrong when they had the lead? You know, I think the Braves were up against it. I think the Braves didn't have the pitching tonight. Tonight was a tough one. The last two have been tough. The fact that they were able to win last night was huge. The Braves didn't really have many places to turn with their pitching. So they get that big 4-0 lead, and it turns out they would have had to score 10 runs to win this game tonight. So that's where things went wrong for them. They score early. They do the best they can. They score a bunch of runs, but it just wasn't enough. The Astros' offense did wake up. That was the difference. They didn't wake up yesterday when they needed to. Today, when their backs were against the wall, they did. And that's why they won this game. But good question. Let's get to another one. This one comes from Bobby. Does Dusty switch Jordan and Tucker for game six to spark Jordan? You know, it worked tonight, didn't it? He moves Alex Bregman down in the lineup. Alex Bregman comes up big in this game. 
you know, I, I don't know. It worked out really well tonight. I could absolutely see it happening. But look, Jordan, even when he's not hitting, is just a presence in this lineup. Like the second he comes up to bat, it feels like everyone's on edge. What's he going to do? He, he could hit a bomb at any time. You know, I, I think of Jorge Soler on the other side. Anytime he comes up, it's just a presence. So, I, you know, I don't think he's going to switch it around, but it worked tonight, so we, we just might. Thank you for that question. Let's get to another one. I love fan questions. I love fan questions. This one comes from Hannah. If you were the Braves, what does your lineup look like in game six? Good question. So, the Astros are probably going to start Luis Garcia or Urquidy. Um, so I think they're. I think we're going to see Eddie Rosario in the leadoff spot, and then I think we're going to see that lineup. We've seen the lineup a few times when the Astros start a righty. I think we see Eddie Rosario start. But look, you, you start you start wondering what do you do like when it, when a righty pitches? We have Jock in the lineup. Jock's not doing great in the World Series, so we might not see much of him anymore this series. I think they look. They don't need to, to make too much of a change. They they put up five runs tonight. They had a good they had a good outing offensively, but I, I do look to see in game six Eddie Rosario in that leadoff spot. Let's get to another question. This one comes from Rick. Now can we say Jocktober is over? Look, he hasn't been hitting great. I still believe in Jock. The only reason I will give you this is because October's over. It's November now. So Jocktober is no more. But I still think he I still think he plays a factor in this. But it's gonna be in November. And he doesn't have a cool nickname for Jock in November. I don't even know what you'd say. And I'm not even gonna try. I wanted to, but I'm not gonna do it. Let's get to another question. This one comes from Alan. What's your favorite game? What's your favorite Braves postseason roster legends from the nineties? Well, certainly one of the guys we saw here tonight, which was pretty cool. Greg Maddox throwing out the first pitch for this Braves team in front of this crowd when they could have clinched a World Series championship. So my answer is going to be those three guys, Maddox, Smoltz, and Glavin. That's a good question. Let's get to another one. Maybe we don't have another one. That does it. I just, I love questions. I, I wanted more. I wanted more and more. What a fun night here in Atlanta. The place was rocking and rolling. I have never seen a crowd like I saw tonight up there in the stands. I was right in the thick of it when Duvall hit that. I will remember that for the rest of my life. It was absolutely incredible. But that does it for tonight, a Flippin' Bats live episode from right here on the field presented by Taco Bell. But now... We get to go back to Houston. Flippin' Bats goes back to Houston. This series goes back to Houston. We will be live after every single game there, whether it ends after six or whether it ends after seven. We will be live, and it will be a blast. So thank you all for joining, and I will see you in Houston.